Welcome to another episode of the Vault Studio Fantasy Football Podcast. I am not James Cooney. As <laughs> you may have noticed, the intro may sound a little bit different today. I am your standing host, single host, I guess we could call it, Lewis Glover. Unfortunately, my regular co-host, James Cooney, couldn't make it this evening, tending some some uh, personal issues and potentially holding out for a new contract, according to the uh, the Twitter sphere. So uh, hopefully we can get that smoothed out with, with Mr. Cooney and he'll be returning to the show shortly. But you just have the pleasure of hearing my voice through your ear ears this evening. Uh, on today's show, it's just going to be a a bit of a different one. We always take some mailbag questions where we can, but we decided to do a full mailbag extravaganza this week. So the entire show is just going to be taking mailbag questions from our subscribers, from our followers, from our uh, friends on Facebook. So uh, I hope you enjoy the show. Uh, we'll get into it shortly, but, but first, the usual items of business you can follow The Vault Studio on all social medias at The Vault Studio. That's Facebook, that's Twitter, that's Instagram. And you can go to the website, www.thevaultstudio.com.au. And we're also on Patreon. For the cost of a cup of coffee per month, you can support the studio and help us continue to bring podcasts such as this one, such as the NFL show, such as the Going Local podcast, and any other podcast that may be coming into the rotation in the studio in the near future. And so with those formalities out of the way, let's dive right into the mailbag questions for this week's episode. Come on, let's go check the mailbox and see what's in the mail today. Hmm. What's in the mail today? 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 Okay, producer James, what do we have in the mail today? We've got lots in the mail today. It's been a great week for mailbags. And just I just wanted to clear up a few things about Cooney. I... I will not negotiate with contract terrorists. <laughs> yeah, you're very big on... You're an anti-holdout guy. I'm the anti-holdout guy, all right? He needs to turn up and work hard and his contract will be renewed if he does the right thing. See, I'm a man of the people. I'm, I'm a... I'm a you know, I support the players. I, I'm against management. He, James Arthur can sit up there in his his ivory tower, telling the players to return <laughs> return to work and work hard, and you'll get a new contract. But go, yeah. Chase Cooney's outperformed his worth. He deserves a new contract, my friend. Well, look, and that's that's the big issue. We obviously have very very different understanding of what outperforming his worth is. I think that's the <laughs> <a> problem. <laughs> James Yannickin Gokwe Cooney. That's his new nickname. <laughs> no, well, we do have. We got so we got a loaded. Loaded awesome. show, lots of questions, mate. Twitter was awesome. Everyone got around it. A few guys from Facebook as well, which is great. Let's start with Julian Corbett, which a lot of people who listen to the NFL podcast, he's one of the hosts there. He has asked, what is the earliest I should take a quarterback? So, <laughs> good question. Bit scant on the details there, Julian. So, I, I thought we'd look at it from two angles, redraft and dynasty. <clears throat> 
And of course, then there's also the one QB versus Superflex angle, but we'll just go with one QB for now. And in redraft, I was taking a look at the ADP, and I really think the 11th round is absolute money this season in terms of waiting on quarterbacks versus the the upside that you get from the players going there. You've got guys like Jameis Winston, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, all going in the 11th round of ADP right now. So I really think they're excellent value. But you can wait even longer than that if you like. Dak Prescott's going even later. Lamar Jackson's going even later. And in your single re, re, excuse me, single QB redraft leagues, you can stream QBs. There's always going to be four, five, six, sometimes you know up to eight quarterbacks on the waiver wire, maybe more if it's a 10-team league, because of the fundamental principle of supply and demand. There's 32 starting quarterbacks in a given week in the NFL. And in a single quarterback league, you're going to have 10, maybe 12 starting quarterbacks. Some people might choose to carry two, but most people won't. So you're going to have plenty of quarterbacks on the waiver wire. You can identify the, you know, the, uh, the premium matchups that you like. And so you can really wait on QB. Honestly, yeah, I wouldn't be taking a QB earlier than the 11th round this year in redraft. In Dynasty, it's a little bit different. You might want to get one of those blue chip quarterback prospects in, in the sort of eighth eighth and ninth round in a single quarterback league. And of course, in Superflex League, all of that talk goes right out the window. And I like loading up on quarterbacks in Superflex Leagues because their value gets uh, really high, really fast. So different ways to approach the quarterback position, depending on whether it's redraft and dynasty or 1QB versus Superflex. But the quarterback landscape for fantasy really has never been deeper. Yep. Very good. Very good answers, mate. We've got at Big Zacco on Twitter. Everyone go give him a follow. Thank you for the question, Big Zacco. Uh, he's got two questions for you. Which wide receiver two are you gambling will outscore their wide receiver one in 2019? So I took this to mean, you know, just as in uh, previous last year, Antonio Brown was the wide receiver one. Juju Smith-Schuster was the wide receiver two. That's how I took this question. And to be quite frank, it probably requires an injury for that to happen. It's going to be really difficult for a wide receiver two to outscore their wide receiver one. The only circumstance I could think that might happen is that AJ Brown might outscore Corey Davis for the Titans. I know Big Zach goes a Titans fan. So I could there's, a, there's an out, range of outcomes where that could happen. Outside of that, I would say Tyler Boyd because AJ Green, I think he's a phenomenal wide receiver. I hope he gets his new contract, but he has struggled with injuries recently. Tyler Boyd absolutely took off last season. He showed what a threat he was from the slot. And if anything happens to AJ Green and he misses, not the whole season, but if he misses a few games, say if he misses four to five games, I really do think that Tyler Boyd, if he plays all 16, has a chance to outscore AJ Green. And the only other scenario that came to my mind would be Marvin Jones potentially outscoring uh, Kenny Golladay. <clears throat> I do like Kenny Golladay, but he struggled down the stretch when he was the only receiver and he was drawing that number one wide receiver coverage. Marvin Jones is an incredibly efficient uh, deep ball receiver, really good at 50-50 balls downfield and, and converting those into touchdowns as well. So I think he's got great touchdown upside. And with that, he could end up scoring Kenny Golladay. It's not likely, but I, but I do think it's a possibility. Okay. He also asked, which current ADP RB 20 plus are you gambling to be the RB 10 or higher? So I think that, does that mean, let me try and work this out because it said, this is big for me. I think he's saying a running back, an average draft position running back outside of 20-plus 
could be a top 10 running back. Have I got it right? You got it right. Boom. I you got it right. Look at that. You're putting the pressure back on Cooney to continue to perform. Cooney, pick it up, mate. I don't even like fantasy football. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's not true. I love fantasy football. <laughs> yeah, so I picked two names here. Two really jumped out of me as I went past the the uh, 20th running back being drafted per fantasy football calculator. The first one was Mark Ingram. And Mark Ingram was signed as a free agent by the Baltimore Ravens. He's their clear lead back. He's going to a run-first team with a very strong defense. They lost some pieces, but they also gained some pieces as well. Like I said, they're going to be run-first. They have Lamar Jackson as their mobile quarterback. And in that scheme, the way they were playing last season, they could have put anyone in at running back and they would have been effective. They got a very good offensive line. We just saw Gus Edwards go crazy. I think Mark Ingram, he's a three-down back. I think he's still got a lot of uh, juice left in the tank. Excuse the the pun for, for Mark Ingram there. And I really do think, based off the volume he's going to get, he could finish as a top 12 running back this season. The next one in PPR scoring, and only in PPR scoring, is James White. James White finishes the running back seven last year, which is just wild. Yeah, he sort of declined over the, the latter quarter of the season. And I know people like to stay away from the Patriots' backfield. <clears throat> but right now, you've got Sony Michelle, who's just had a knee scope. You've got Damian Harris, who's a, a rookie, who... He, he, you know, he's a three down back, but he's a he's an average running back. He's pretty good. But James White is a tremendous pass catching running back. He's one of Tom Brady's favorite uh, targets. With Gronk out of the picture, and uh, you know, there's targets up for grabs. And I think he's going to be going to Edelman a lot. He's going to be going to James White a lot. He's going to be looking for those two security blankets. We know he's losing the power in his arms. And you know, I really think a 80 reception season is very much on the cards for James White. All right, we have our next question on Twitter from at 3Co Sports. And I just want to do a little shout out for at 3Co Sports. They've, um, we've kind of struck up a partnership, I guess you could say. They're a really good website um, at 3Co Sports, sorry, 3CoSports.com, not at for, but you can go to their Twitter and find all their stuff. Um, they have now featured us as a podcast on their website, on their um, blog. So if you want to go on and check out their website, head over there, 3CoSports.com. Um, it's really good, and thank you very much to them for featuring us um, on the on the on their website. It's great. Yeah, hundred percent. Go give them a follow on Twitter, guys. Yep. What's the, what's the question? They've asked Chris Chris Godwin or DJ Moore who has the better year. Oh, that's a that's a really good question, and I love both of these guys for this year. Everyone knows I've been a, a Chris Godwin, you know, hype train conductor this off season, <clears throat> and they're in in uh, redraft. Their ADP is about. Oh, around different dj moore is going a bit later than chris godwin and i'm gonna go with dj moore he's gonna be the wide receiver one on their team versus chris godwin being the wide receiver two on his team to mike evans of course this goes without saying if if, uh, if mike evans gets injured chris godwin is going to go through the roof but <clears throat> evans is a very durable wide receiver i don't i don't foresee that happening and I really like DJ Moore. I think DJ Moore next season is going to be one of the most sought-after wide receivers in Dynasty and in Redraft. I think he's supremely talented. He plays all over the field. He's very good at the, the deep ball. He also gets carries as well. He's an incredibly athletic and elusive carrier of the football. And what I really like about him is his big play threat ability. <clears throat> uh, interesting stat is that Cam Newton averages over nine and a half yards per attempt to DJ Moore based off last season. That's more than any receiver in Cam Newton's career. So Cam really likes getting the ball deep to him. And with really only um, 
Curtis Samuel as the other wide receiver. Of course, Christian McCarry, McCarry, Christian McCarry's Christian McCaffrey is going to get his. Greg Olson's coming back. Emergency V and Thomas, but he, DJ Moore is the wide receiver one in that offense by some way, and I expect him to have a fantastic year. So DJ Moore for me. Beautiful. Uh, next question we have at Y Man Podcast One on Twitter. Also, another quick plug for them. I jumped on. Um, his name's Craig. He's a, a smaller podcast. It's just starting up. In does WWE, NFL, NBA, kind of all, all American sports. Um, he was really, really good guy. And I jumped on. He asked me. I answered a, a Twitter question about Dak Prescott. Um, and he jumped over and said, hey, will you come on my show and basically say what you just said as your response and have a bit of a chat about it. So I jumped on his latest podcast. So head to at Podcast one on Twitter and you'll find the link to that if you want to go and have a listen. Um, it was more of a Cowboys chat. So if you're a Cowboys fan, go and check that out. And his question is, how many running backs do you have ranked ahead of Gurley and Le'Veon? Are they now second round running backs? <clears throat> so short answer, yes, they are second round running backs for me. Once you add in the top wide receivers and Travis Kelsey, who I think should be a first-round pick this year, just as Rob Gronkowski was a first-round pick in, in his prime, <clears throat> they are both second-round running backs for me. So my top 10 in uh, in redraft this year, quickly, number one, Saquon Barkley, number two, Christian McCaffrey, number three, Zeke Elliott, number four, Alvin Kamara, number five, David Johnson, number six, Melvin Gordon, number seven, Joe Mixon, number eight, Le'Veon Bell. So I have seven running backs before Le'Veon Bell, number nine, Todd Gurley, and number 10, James Connor. So I have seven and eight running backs ahead of Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley, respectively. Well, okay. And you clearly don't know what you're talking about because Zeke's not number one. So, <laughs> Look, there's an, there is an argument for, for any of the top four, really, maybe top three to be to be number one. On a side note, does Kamara scare you this year? No, no, I don't. I think he's, I think he's a tremendous running back. I think the offense is still going to be great. He's going to be heavily involved in the, uh, in the passing game again. Okay. And they brought in Latavius Murray is a perfect uh, foil for him. I think Mark, Mark Ingram, took a little bit too much work away from him because of how good Mark Ingram is. Latavius yep. Murray is that perfect replacement level back who will, he'll steal a few few carries here and there, but I think Kamara is going to have a, a monstrous season. That makes me feel good because he's in my dynasty team. Do you know who my dynasty running backs are, Lewis? Do you want to hear this? You'll be I want to hear them. So dynasty has been going for five years. I have Zeke, Kamara, and uh, David Johnson. They're my that's three pretty, running backs. That's pretty good. If you don't win the title this year, you cock something up massively. I came second last year. Um, yeah, I, that's not, you've brought it up now. It's it's a bad. It's a bad. Look, let's just get to the questions because I don't want to cry on. Hey, man, if you ain't first, you last. That's exactly. That's I invented that line, or someone else <laughs> invented it, and I heard it and then told people about it. At least <laughs> um, we've got a question from from Twitter again at Two Sweet Pod. Um, thanks for the question at Two Sweet Pod. Get over there. Get them. Give them a follow, guys. Um, better year, AB or Juju? Now, this question got me doing a lot of thinking. It got me doing a lot of calculations. And I came down to it. And at first glance, you go, oh, Juju, he's going to have the better year. He's got Ben Roethlisberger, Steelers offense. AB's going to Derek Carr. And that offense is terrible. It's the Raiders, blah, 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 blah. And then I started looking into the numbers. And spoiler alert, <clears throat> I actually think Antonio Brown is going to outscore Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju Smith we'll just call him Juju from now on. In PPR scoring 
this season. And the reason is this. Last year, Big Ben threw the football 675 times, or my, you know, the Steelers threw the football. Big Ben threw, threw most of them. The Steelers' defense was absolutely horrible. They couldn't cover anyone. They had gaping hole left there because of, of uh, Ryan Chazier. It was just trash. So the offense had to throw the ball a ton to keep up. That's why <clears throat> AB had 168 targets and Juju had 166. For those two wide receivers to occupy 48% of their target share is just wild. <clears throat> and now Juju is the wide receiver one. So what does that mean for him there? So I went back 2017, 2016, and I looked at the average number of targets that AB got as the wide receiver one. So he got about a 26% market share on average each season. Then I looked at, well, that was a really outlier year in terms of the number of uh, pass attempts from Big Ben and also the yardage he threw. It was career high in both. He averages about 599, so let's call it 600 pass attempts over the last five seasons. Based on what the Pittsburgh wide receiver one market share has been, a.k.a. Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster <clears throat> should see about 155 targets this year. He might get 160 but there's a very realistic and probable scenario that Juju actually sees fewer targets next season than he did this year, even though AB is gone. Because they went and got Dante Moncrief, they went and got Deontay Johnson in the draft, they've got Vance McDonald, who they like, and they've got second-year wide receiver James Washington, who's a, a very good receiver. He won the Blitnikoff in college, very talented player. So, <clears throat> excuse me, all of these factors add into the fact that they went and improved their defense in the draft. They traded up to go and get the, the linebacker. Um, was it Devin Bush the Steelers drafted? Yeah. Bush or, was, no, Bush was Bush five. Or, it was White, wasn't it? Was it White? Which one? One of them went to Tampa Bay and one of them went to... You keep going. Yeah, I'll, I'll Jay, Jay will jump onto that. But either way, the Steelers defense is going to be better. There's, there's no doubt about it. It was horrific last season. Then you go to Oakland. Derek Carr threw the most pass attempts in his career last season. He threw for the most yards of his career last season. Granted, it was only 4,000, but he still threw for the most. Then they add the most efficient receiver in the NFL over the past five years, Antonio Brown. They took, they took Derek, Devin Bush. Devin Bush, Tampa, thank you. Tampa Bay took Devin White. So it's an easy one to get confused because I got them wrong too. <laughs> um, yeah, the Oakland defense, guys, it stinks. It's going to be a horrible, horrible defense this year. They're going to give up a lot of points. Derek Carr is going to be throwing the ball a ton to keep, you know, to try and keep the team in games. I can see AB getting 180, 190 targets this year. Hell, he might even crack 200. They gave him a huge contract. He's going to be yapping in Derek Carr's, Carr's ear, get me the ball, get me the ball. You might be able to say no to Amari Cooper. He won't be saying no to Antonio Brown. And really, I think it's going to come down to touchdowns. Will AB score more touchdowns than Juju Smith-Schuster? Given the threat of Moncrief in the red zone, given the threat of, of uh, James Conner and, and Jalen Samuel in the red zone and Vance McDonald down there, I really do think it's possible and more likely than not that Antonio Brown outscores Juju Smith-Schuster this year. Beautiful. I, I Just for the record, I agree with you with that. I think he is going to be featured heavily because... They want him to have a huge year before they move to Las Vegas because they want yep. all the support they can get. I think he's going to just be fed the rock yep. constantly. Non-stop. Like, I, I even think maybe he could break the reception record. That's how many receptions he's going to get. I don't think he'll have the downfield yardage that he that he has in the past, but receptions will be incredibly high. Yep. 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 Agreed. 
Uh, next question, Michael Taylor on Facebook. Thanks, Michael, for the question. Do you like Delvin Cook or Zach Ertz more in a 1.5 PPR for tight end dynasty league? So I'm going with Zach Ertz here. Last year, Ertz went crazy. He set the single season record for receptions by a tight end. Taking that into consideration, still only three more running backs scored more than Ertz in this scoring setting. That was Todd Gurley, that was Saquon Barkley, and that was uh, Zeke Elliott. So with it's it's unbelievable what that extra half point does for the tight ends. And given Dalvin Cook's questionable injury history, given the positional scarcity of tight ends and what the drop-off is after you get to tight end sort of six or seven, I'm going Zach Ertz here, even if he is only around in Philly for, for two more seasons. Sure. Okay. Uh, we've got Bradley Arneal. I believe that's how you say it from Facebook again. He's got three questions. We'll go with the first one. Who leads the Bears' backfield in fantasy points this season? Man, this is really, really close. Um, I'm sort of <sighs> taking the easy way out here. I think Cohen scores more in PPR, and I think Montgomery leads in standard scoring. I think Mike Davis being on the roster hurts them both. He sort of he's a a poor man's three down back. I'd really like Montgomery as a, a prospect. He wasn't the best athlete when he tested, but tremendous college production. Very elusive, fantastic vision. And really, it comes down to what their defense looks like, I think, in to determine which of these guys will, will score the most points. We don't know what their defense is going to look like this year. They've lost a couple of pieces. Obviously, Vic Fangio's left, and defense is not stable year to year. So if the defense is, let's just pull a number out, 80% of what it was last season, I think Montgomery will will sort of will lead them. They're going to stop teams from scoring. They're going to build up leads and they're going to run the football and control the clock. So he's going to get tons of carries. Strong offensive line. I like it. If the defense is, you know, 60, 65% of what it was, they need to throw a bit more. They need to get some more people involved. I think Tariq Cohen will lead because I think he will get a bunch of targets and be on the field more often when it's obvious passing situations. So to answer the question... I'm going to go Cohen, and it, but it's by marginal, marginal. Uh, yeah, uh, only by a, a whisper. Okay. Uh, his next question was, where will the highest scoring Patriots tight end finish in this fantasy season? Honestly, I don't even know who's going to get the job right now. And I suppose, yeah, Brad has no idea either based off of the way he phrased the question. That player might not be on the roster yet. It could be Austin Safarian Jenkins after he returns. My understanding is he was released because of personal issues relating to his his uh, battles with alcoholism. So he may be coming back. Be great having him and Josh Gordon in the same locker room hanging out. Great. But if it's Ben Watson who's going to be suspended for the first four games of the season, Ben Watson should play 12 games. He's a pretty durable guy. We know what he's going to be about. He's going to be a red zone presence and based off touchdowns alone, it could be Ben Watson. And I think he could finish inside the top 12, but barely. Like Jason Witten in 2016 finishes the tight end 11. And that's that's what we're looking at with, with Ben Watson, I think. Something around that range. And it's funny you mentioned that they... The guy might be not might not be on the roster. Um, Michael Roberts, who was a couple of days ago traded from the Detroit Lions to the Patriots, his his uh, trade was voided today by the Patriots. Um, I'm just trying to read why it was, it was medical in, reasons. Yeah, medical reasons, and then he has been cut by the Lions. So 
yeah, a bit of a tough break for him. Doesn't get to go to the Patriots and then gets cut. So yeah, it's rough um, for him. And he, <laughs> fantasy football Twitter was getting pretty excited about him going to the Patriots as well. He was a touchdown machine in college. So yeah, poor, poor Michael Roberts. I hope he finds his way back to a team. Yes, absolutely. Uh, his last question, third and last question from Bradley Arneal. Which team has the most unclear wide receiver room in the league? Could I throw one out there? I know I know you've got three. Yeah, go right ahead. What do you think of the Ravens wide receiving re- receiving core? Yeah, that is a, that is a mess. And <clears throat> yeah, I, honestly, I didn't put that on the list because if Hollywood Brown is healthy, he's going to be the clear number one. And but then, then there's, t- like, Willie Sneed has, he was great at um, New Orleans as a slot receiver, but, you know, everyone's kind of great with Drew Brees throwing in the ball and in that system. And then, you know, you've got Marquise Brown, which is a rookie, so you're relying heavily on a rookie. Rookie receivers tend in to not dominate immediately. They tend to take some time, even if you look last year at Ridley and, and uh, who was the guy talking about earlier, Moore from the, Detroit, um, from the Panthers. Yep. They got going later in the year. That's my it's a bit concern. of a transition, yeah. And then all you've got is Seth Roberts and Chris Moore. And Chris Moore, I know they've got hype on, but he hasn't done anything to show that he's got he should have hype. So, yeah, that, that was just my... I know you didn't have that on your list. I just wanted to see what your thoughts were on that. I think the, yeah, that wide receiver no, group, I would not touch it. That's And that's why I didn't put them on the list. I thought about them. And there's another guy also on there, Miles Boykin. I think he was a fourth-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. I like him. I like him. For absolute monster athlete. Like a, a freak of a human being. But I didn't put them on the list just because it's it's beyond unclear. It's it's uncertain. I, like, I have no idea what is going on there. At least with the three teams I've picked, there's established receivers on there. And I think they're unclear. Instead of just a complete stay away, it's going to be unclear to try and figure out who's going to be getting the, the volume and the work. But the Ravens is just a, a mess. But the three, the three wide receiver rooms I've got, the first one is the Jacksonville Jaguars. you got Didi Westbrook. Uh, Keelan Cole, second round pick from last year, DJ Chark, and returning Marquise Lee as well, who tore his ACL last season. All of these guys contribute in different ways. Chark and Lee have got a bit of a similar profile. <coughs> Excuse me. And Westbrook, Westbrook will probably get the most targets, but I thought after him, it's a bit of a, a mess. I went with the Packers. Now, obviously, Devontae Adams is the clear number one. But after that, you've got Geronimo Allison, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Jake Kumaro, who was used to be a tight end, and Aaron Rodgers has just been raving about this kid all off-season. Now, people might remember the ridiculous uh, sort of Hail, Hail Mary-esque touchdown that Rodgers threw to Kumaro last year. I forget who was against, so you have to forgive me there. And then you've got Equinemius St. Brown as well. So the Packers is a bit of a mess. And then you've got the Tennessee Titans, who are led by... Corey Davis, a former first-round pick, who I still think is supremely talented. I know people have already labeled him a bust and decided he's no good, but I really do think he's got talent. He's been a victim of his circumstances. If anyone's interested in seeing a an expert breakdown of what Corey Davis's potential is like, head over to Twitter. Eric Crocker at Crocktime is a he's a coach, and he's a former defensive back. He played a little bit in the NFL. He's played some arena football. So he knows what he's talking about. And he does a breakdown of Corey Davis taking Stephon Gilmore, all pro Stephon Gilmore, to the absolute cleaners when the Titans played the Patriots. Really, really good watch. He does a you know commentary, a gif, GIF thread, so worth looking. Then you've got A.J. Brown, who they drafted this year. Adam Humphreys, they paid a lot of money to. And Taewon Taylor, who they like as well. So 
that wide receiver room, given the lack of volume that they want and they want to be a run-first team, questions over Marcus Mariota, that's a very unclear situation as well. Okay, uh, we've got a question again from Facebook. Kiefer Gordon, uh, which rookies likely to be drafted in rounds two or three of dynasty rookie drafts do you expect to score well this season? I'm looking to find value outside of the first round for my draft next week. Awesome. Great question, Kiefer. So I went to myfantasyleague.com and I went to the ADP there and I came up with a few names. <clears throat> the first one that leaps off the page to me is Devin Singletary. Now, he was one of sort of draft Twitter's favorite running backs coming into the, you know, the process. And he had a really, really poor combine. He ran so slow. And this kid's like five foot eight, not even 200 pounds. And to run so slowly at the combine really dented his chances. Then the Bills come and take him in the third round. You go, oh, hang on a minute. You watch this kid play. He has just got a nose for getting free, breaking tackles, finding the right lanes. He is unbelievable. He's so much fun to watch. If you haven't seen him play, do yourself a favor, put on some Singletary. Is that he is pretty much a two down back. He doesn't have a big receiving profile, but they've got TJ Yeldon there, who is a perfect receiving back complement to him. I do think they're going to move on from LaShawn McCoy. He's got a huge cap hit this season. I think the way the team's going, they're going to move on from him. The Bills had a horrific offensive line last year. So what did they do? Surprisingly, the Bills made a good move. They went and invested in the offensive line heavily in free agency and the draft. So I really like what Singletary has to work with this year. Excuse me again. <coughs> oh, my goodness. You're all good. Don't usually talk this much. <laughs> um, do you finish Devin Singletary? Just start with Deontay Johnson. Cool. Okay. <clears throat> the next guy I like, and I mentioned his name a little bit earlier, is Deontay Johnson, the wide receiver in Pittsburgh. And the reason why this stands out to me is, yes, I was talking about James Washington. But the Pittsburgh Steelers obviously see something in Johnson and they obviously aren't sure about what they're going to do now that they know Antonio Brown's gone. So he's going in the late second round, early third round. I think he's worth a dart. Miles Boykin, who I mentioned earlier as well, he's going very late. You could snag him. And then two running back handcuffs, Alexander Mattison to Dalvin Cook and Ra Raquel Armstead to Leonard Fournette, both injury-prone running backs both teams who want to run the football. I think they're incredibly valuable and could score very well if uh, an injury happens to uh, Cook or Fournette, which history tells us is more probable than not. Okay. Um, let's go. Second last question. At Dynasty Trolls FF, who will finish with more PPR points this season? Darius Geis or On Johnson? <coughs> Both of these guys are, are talented running backs. Obviously, Geis is a redshirt rookie. He tore his ACL in the preseason against the Patriots last year. I have to link carry on Johnson. I think he's a better ca pass catcher than Darius Geis. And even though it's going to be a bit of a committee, so is Washington. They've still got Adrian Peterson returning. They've got Chris Thompson, who's one of the most efficient pass catching running backs in the league. Then they drafted Bryce Love, who was coming off an injury of his own. And they've also got Samaje Pirine, who they're talking up through OTAs as well. 
So a real, you know, bit of a a quagmire there at the running back position in Washington. I think Geis emerges with it in the second half of the season. But given he's coming back from this devastating injury, he had a bunch of additional surgeries, infections. They're in no hurry to get him out onto the field and to give him a big workload. And for that reason, I think it's going to be carry on Johnson this season. Okay. Um, and we actually got a last second question that just came through about an hour ago. Um, so I'm going to put you on the spot here. Ooh, I like it. It's from Soto at Soto FF Football. Soto underscore F Football on Twitter. Thanks for the question. I have Delvin Cook, Marlon Mack, Kerryon Johnson, Damien Williams, and Ronald Jones as my main backs. Is there any one of these I should package with to move a tier up maybe at running back? Or do I hold here and enjoy depth? 10 team, 0.5 PPR. Okay. Could you read those names for me again, please? Yes. Delvin Cook, Marlon Mack, Kerryon yep. Johnson, Damian Williams, and Ronald Jones. Yeah. In a 10-team league, <coughs> you can probably forego one of those guys to, to move up a tier. Dalvin Cook would be my first one. I still think he's got the most perceived value. Given his injury history, I'd be looked to packaging him and, and moving up into the next tier. Someone like Joe Mixon is someone who I'd be targeting. Adding, you know, maybe a, a pick, a couple of future first round picks or a first round pick in a second, and maybe Ronald Jones to go and get Joe Mixon, something like that. But I would absolutely in a 10 team league, you need a, a workhorse running back to to anchor down given given the um <clears throat> given that it's a 10 team league. So I'd absolutely be doing that. The other one is I'd potentially look to 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 move is Damian Williams. We sort of this season, I think he's he's gonna do do fine. I think the other running backs might be involved, but long-term, I think they're going to address the position potentially in the 2020 draft. So maybe maybe a Dalvin Cook and, and Damian Williams package could get you something, but I, I would definitely be looking to package one of those running backs and move up into the next tier. Someone just comes to mind is David Johnson. He's massively undervalued right now. I think he's going to have a monster year. He's decreasing in value because of his age. He's 27 years old, but he really doesn't have a lot of mileage on the clock. He hasn't got a ton of carries relative to most 27-year-old running backs. So David Johnson is another running back I would be targeting to move up into that sort of top tier. Okay, beautiful. Way to answer that one on the spot, mate. That's it for the questions. That's it for me. I'll speak to you later on. All righty. Well, that's the the mailbag for this show, guys. You can find me on Twitter at FF underscore down under. You can find us on Facebook, Fantasy Football Down Under, and on Instagram. So give us a a follow, a like, ask to join our group, whatever you want to do. And the Listener League, if you would like to challenge yourself again, play against myself, against Cooney, against the returning champion from the Listener League last year, Adam Keir, and the other listeners of this show, get in touch, find us on Twitter, or drop us a line, fantasyfootballdownunder at gmail.com. We'll get you in the Listener League. And finally, the spots in the FF Down Under Bowl are filling up quickly. There's only 30 spots left. 150 spots have been filled. So if you're interested in that, again, Facebook and Twitter, you'll find all the details there. Uh, But, you know, that'll do us. Uh, From me and from my co-host in absence, James Cooney. Hello. Thank you for listening. (laughs) Brilliant. I knew that drop <coughs> that was very strange. I thought he just joined the call. That was that was great. Yeah, so from from me from Cooney. Oh, 
was waiting for you to do the drop again and you, you never did it. <laughs> Hello. There we go. From me, from Cooney. Have yourself a, a lovely evening, morning, whenever you might be listening. And uh, tune in next week. Hey, hey, records on my demo. Did y'all boys not get the memo?